Trizzy, welcome to the Dude Pod. CA, man. Episode one of what could be one, or uh, maybe a hundred, who knows. Yeah, man. Hey, look, I mean, I got to hand it to you. Thank you for putting this together. Totally, absolutely. I I, I think we should just kind of talk about it real quick. You know, this was something that, that we kicked around, and you just ran with it, man. This is fantastic. You know, if there's one thing, well, maybe a couple of things that can probably convince me to uh, jump right into any kind of random project, such as a podcast, it would probably be um, both a pandemic with lack of things to do, <laughs> as well as um, any kind of major hype going on, which is pretty much what we're like focused on talking about today. And honestly, the reason why we were like, dude, you know... We shoot the shit every single day with our buds and stuff, just talking about all kinds of different sports, and we figured, why not talk about the biggest topics of now, record it, make our friends listen to it, and see how it goes. Nice. Now, does it? let me ask you a question. Does it have anything to do with the Today's 420? Ooh, it is It is the sacred uh, Sweet Mary Jane Day. Um, it does not have anything to do with the 420 date. However... We do need to give appreciation to our good friends, old Toby, out there, um, yeah. and our, all of our friends at home token up listening to this, maybe. Of old Toby. Uh, I gotta love it. But no, my man, the biggest topic of today, obviously, was the Michael Jordan documentary. Fantastic. How, so, I'm just gonna go right into it, and I gotta ask you, what are your, what, so, tell me, one, what was your expectations kinda going into it? And then you're just, boom, this is how I feel watching it. Like, quick thoughts, quick feelings. All right. Well, I, I guess let me let me just kind of start with, like, my, my personal connection to just basketball in general and Michael Jordan, right? So 1997, 1998, how old are we, right? I think I was seven and eight and what, you were eight and nine? Yeah, young. Right, we're young. So I yeah. – I come from a basketball family, right? My, my first name is Trent, uh, named after Trent Tucker, who played for the Knicks. My middle name is actually Jordan, so that actually came in uh, from Michael Jordan, right? So my, my dad, huge basketball fan. And growing up as a kid, you know, I'm a diehard New Yorker, right? I, I got my New York Knicks, my, my New York Yankees. Like, I, I love my New York sports teams. Giants are okay. I, I, I don't go for the Jets. They're New Jersey anyway, right? But I love basketball, right? Growing up in the nineties, it's like, yeah, I love, I love my, my Knicks, but, but Jordan, man, that was just good basketball. That was just good basketball to watch. He, I mean, he was the greatest. And when it comes to good basketball, what team was better than the Bulls in the nineties? It was totally the, the team, no doubt the team of the era. I mean, yeah. it, I think what was kind of crazy is that, like, like you just said, like you, you knew who they were no matter how old you were. They were relevant to your life in some way, even as like a upstate New Yorker, right? Which oh, is yeah. crazy. 
Yeah, and even as a, as a Knicks fan, right? I, I have so many people say, how can you like Jordan if you're a Knicks fan? He knocked the Knicks out of the playoffs every single time, but it was just that didn't matter to me, especially at, at, at seven and eight, oh just watching him play basketball. He made Ewing's career a nightmare. Like, <laughs> God, like Patrick Ewing must wake up, wake up in cold sweats thinking of Michael Jordan right now. I mean, yeah. it's unreal. It's unreal. But, yeah. All right. So, overall reaction, I loved it. I, I mean, I, I have seen some of those highlights a couple of the times, you know, that Jordan was going off against the Celtics. I can't tell you how many times I, once, you know, I saw a highlight, I was just going, oh my God, oh, this is amazing. It's, it's almost, I thought it was great. It's almost unworldly, right? Some of the stuff that, yeah. like, this dude could pull off. Yeah. Yeah, it's effortless, yeah. effortlessly done, and, uh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Brought me right back to being that eight-year-old kid, you know, sitting in front of the tube TV watching Michael Jordan. That's what I felt like again. And that was a big, that was a big part of like growing up for you too in that era was like, especially because I mean, your dad was a big connection with the sports and things like that, and so you know that was a big part of your upbringing, having that just constant. I mean, he was a basketball coach, right? And oh, yeah. so you know, when you have that kind of intertwined, and then you start to look at that generation, it's like. Who do you want to be like? Do you want to be like, well, the second best dude in the NBA? Or do you want to be like literally the, the, you know, the face of basketball everywhere in the face of everything? Like, you no wonder everyone idolized him, right? Oh, yeah. It was amazing. I'm, I'm really excited to get this kind of backdoor scenery, you know, clips of Michael that no one has ever seen before. Did you feel- how, how do they do that? I got, that's a question for you, right? If someone takes a video clip in a locker room today, that shit is on Twitter immediately. How did how 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 did they do that back then? Did, you know, they just they 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 had clips and no one saw it. Yeah, I don't, I don't so get that. you know, my understanding of that is that well, one, I think locker rooms were a little more tight-lipped with media. Obviously, they didn't have cell phones, stuff like that, to like quickly take a picture, video, things like that. So it was more difficult to expose that access without maybe one being obvious, I would say. But not only that, I think there was, I mean, this is just more my, my thoughts and listening to a lot of kind of old-time uh, um, writers and things like that. There seemed to be a big trust between the writers, the media, and the players in that whatever happened behind those doors stayed behind those doors. Um, and I think that that's a big part of why a lot of the big secrets just really never got out. It was really the good old boys club. I mean, it happens on a lot of different sports. I think now because of social media and it's basketball is really about the individual, right? People aren't really sticking up for everyone and keeping things tight lipped. Like they're willing to sell people out. I mean, only we saw with baseball with the Astros, only they were like one of the first like real baseball, baseball moments where like players are speaking out against each other, right? And like, you know. That's true. So you kind of start, so anyway, you start to see where, and you know, there's an enemy of the state sort of mentality. And I think that because of that, I think that there was a trust. So a lot of that stuff didn't get out. But not only that, but I think that the, I know the rights, it was agreed to by the Bulls and Michael Jordan, because he was obviously the focus of a lot of this video um, photography, sure. was that it was going to be recorded and then um, just recorded. They never had like any kind of agreement on when it would be released, but it had to be agreed by Jordan to be released, right? And I'm assuming probably Jordan, like other people. Yeah, Jordan was notorious for that. I mean, I, I feel like even in video games back in like the 90s was was he in them 
was he a player that was in the video games to search? I, I feel like he wasn't, like a Barry Bond sort of thing. Oh, you mean like to protect his own name and rights? Yeah, I feel like he was he was very close to the chest with that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not. So I'm surprised. He yeah, even allowed people to follow him around. I totally agree with you on that because I think like it's I, I it's one thing that he's always kind of done is you think about like man like you could have made so much more money if you just like sold out yourself really like you could have made like you know Space Jam twenty five by now right and just been a billionaire I mean he's already a billionaire but multi billionaire right um, yeah. but yeah so I, I think that. I think in the long run, that's basically how the point of all these all these videos and all these um, kind of stories are coming out is that they literally kept them in a vault. They knew it existed. I think that like hardcore NBA insiders knew that this had happened, and they were just like, "Why isn't it being used? Why isn't it being used?" In fact, I think actually some of the footage was used by the Bulls as like a 1997-1998 like promo video after they won the championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that was it. They just like tossed it away and, and left it to be. And you know, I think that uh, finally it kind of came out. And like, like, I guess they basically convinced them to to finally tell the story. And I guess it was, I think it was 2016 when he, they approached him and said, "Listen, it's time. Let's tell this story." And uh, here we are, 2020, four years later. It took us from to still make it too. It's crazy. That is awesome. But so overall, right, you got, loved it, though. So you, I oh, you loved it. Like, I was a kid. Did you feel like it lived? It lived up to your expectations. Yes, absolutely. I mean, part of the thing is is the the production value of that, right? I mean, it's just like those highlight clips, and 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 you can tell, right? You see shit in the '90s. It's grainy. It looks terrible. I think they did a lot of work to kind of doctor those up, crisping up those images. I mean, the it looked fantastic. Oh it looked gosh. like a, a a major production. You're right. I, I think that was something that really kind of took me back. And I was like, you know, these are from – this footage is from the 80s and the 90s. And, you know, not that camera work was awful, but if you think about it, like, they literally had to rework and digitize that footage. It looks amazing. It's crystal oh, clear. It it's like having it yesterday. Looks, oh, it looks super good. It's cool. I loved it. I know. So I, I actually – before we move to the next bullet, right, I, I got I, I got two I got two questions for you, right? Yeah. So the first one – when do you think the Bulls and Michael Jordan decided, all right, we're going to have cameras follow us around? Do you think it was before or after they were told this is going to be your last season? You know, I'm really curious to know what the incentive was for was for Michael Jordan. I mean, obviously, you would you would think the the incentive for them to do this video would be to monetize it, right? It's the last right. run. Let's like cash it in, all right? Let's let's like sell it for everything we possibly can and, and monetize the heck out of it. And but it what doesn't make sense is that they waited decades to do it, right? Right. So that's where I'm kind of confused. Why does it even why did this even happen? Why did it happen as opposed to even like when? And I would guess I would guess that it happened my guess is that it, it the decision was made after they determined it was going to be Phil Jackson and Michael's last season. Right. Um, that's that's kind of what I was thinking, too. So so another it kind of leads into my second question. Right. But, you know, I thought a lot of it was like, look at the organization. Look at these general managers. You know, what was his name? Krause. Was it Jeff Krause? Jerry Krause. Yeah. Jerry Krause. Yeah. yeah. Jerry Krause, man. He lo- he looked like an asshole. He did. So I, you know, I was thinking like, man, maybe they did this to be like, you know what? 
fuck you, management. You guys are assholes. I hope one day they play this and it shows how much of a dick you were. And it, right? And it could be. And you know, it's, it's or like they attack them big time. Or it could even be the opposite of that too, where they kind of said, "Look at how unbelievably controlling these players are." And yeah. that you have just no no abilities belittled every man. I, I do want to talk about Dre Krause. We're going to talk about him later. Yes, I, I do. He's the I, question. <laughs> I'm really curious. I'm really curious about him too. But like you know, I did want to say I want I did want to give my thoughts on it too. My just my quick thoughts on the documentary because you know it was so it was such an interesting. So for me with basketball, did not have a basketball growing up whatsoever. Very much baseball growing up in Cooperstown, New York. That was it. Like. I mean, I, I knew of basketball stardom, and obviously I knew of Michael Jordan. I mean, Space Jam would have been my biggest connection to him, probably. However, I mean, I, I was aware that he was the guy, right, in basketball, in the basketball mm-hmm. world. And, I mean, that, that should go to say something right there, that just being totally, like, none of my family watches basketball, nobody was into it, no connections really at all, that I still was very aware at a young age that he existed in such a, you know, magnificent manner, right? And and so it's just it's really interesting. It's kind of crazy. And so, you know, I remember I think, you know, a couple of things really stood out to me with this was that, you know, obviously there's been this huge buildup and this huge hype around the fact that these tapes just existed. Right. So like there's always been whispers that this documentary was going to come. When, though? When was it going to come and how how is it going to happen and stuff? And then all of a sudden we're saying, like, okay, it's going to be summer 2020. Awesome. It looks great. Reports are awesome. We're really, really positive from a lot of, like, insiders and reporters. We got to kind of see a sneak peek. And so it's like, okay, this is great hype. And then, like, the craziest part for me that I think has really maximized the hype around this is this, like, COVID-19 pandemic, right? Like, mm-hmm. it was... For the first time last night, it was it was as close to a sporting event in America as we've had anywhere else, like any since you know before this whole thing happened. Like people literally huddled around the TV to watch this event, and then ESPN. It was crazy, and it's just to hype it like that is like is just it's such a monumental undertaking. And then you're like, you know, I I had br- brief moments throughout Sunday when I thought to myself, like, man. I really hope this doesn't suck. You know, because you just, you you don't think so. You're expecting it not to. Like, it's going to be good. But, man, you're like, this is, like, I'm literally counting on hours so I can watch this two-hour documentary. You yeah, know? there's there's only there's only so much, you know, reruns and cornhole and NBA players playing 2K that you can take. Oh, my I, gosh. I, I, I agree with you 100%. I can't tell you how many marble races I've watched in the past like two months. It's abs- it's sad. It's I, I it's sad, and so you know. But go, so going the hype was was monumental, and going into it, it was as you put it, magnificent. It was amazing. It was so awesome. Like they just they captured the vibe of the eras. Great music. Um, I really gotta like put give a shout out to their soundtrack. Like that was just it vibed really well with Ooh. the moments. Um. And they could tell the story. The story was being really told really well. And, and you know, the one thing that stood out to me, how I knew I was like loving it, I, I kept checking my phone to see how much time was left in the hour. <laughs> like just like game, remind me of Game I of Thrones too. when you used to like literally yeah. be like, oh my god, like oh, sh- it's been forty five minutes. They're gonna have to wrap this up. Somebody's gonna die. Whatever happens, you know. And I remember thinking the same thing last night in the last two hours. Like oh my god, like they're gonna have to wrap up this episode somehow. How are they gonna do it? And I was on edge like about it. And, Man, it sucked in. I can't wait. It's got to be Sunday now. I can't wait for it. I know. 
it it did make me feel better knowing that there were still going to be eight more episodes that were going to come out. That that put my mind at ease eight a little bit. More episodes. Yeah. Eight more episodes. More than the final season of Game of Thrones. We're being treated. It really it's just <laughs> there's so much more basketball to be covered. So I would assume the next few episodes, the next couple episodes are probably going to be the Detroit battle, right? The Detroit yes. uh, rivalry because that was the, the bad boys, right? Yeah. Um, was that in the was that in the night? I thought that was early nineties. I'm pretty I mean, sure that, that might it might be ninety seven, ninety eight, but I, I thought it was earlier. Than that. No, it was definitely earlier. So that was during that was when they uh, well, so so I, I so yeah, they're obviously covering the ninety seven, ninety eight period. So they'll cover some transition. I'm I'm not sure when during that. I'm not sure what comes up during that season next. I'm, I have no really recollection, but I know in terms of how they're projecting the timeline of Jordan's career, it seems like the next era is after Pippin gets there. Um, they kind of start to build the team a little bit around them, and then, but I know like the biggest obstacle in front of them was the Detroit Pistons. Like they, I think they beat him four playoffs in a row, or three three playoffs in a row. I think they knocked them out. Two of them, mm-hmm. they went and they won the um, championship. They won the title. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I think you're right, right? Because there is like that weird synergy of of time, right? You've got when Michael Jordan early career. And it also matches up with the beginning of the 1997-1998 season. And it kind of looks looks like they're going to move in parallel along with each other. So you get the early story along with the early part of that season. And then it, I guess that's what's going to happen, right? It's just going to kind of move as like a unit where you get the backstory from when he came in, what was it, 84? And I then it's so. going to go kind of kind of along. Like 84 is going to catch up to 97 and you know it's going to take that same amount of time from that ninety seven ninety eight time frame. If that makes any sense? Yeah, that, no, I th- I think so. That totally makes sense, right? I yeah, think that, that's, that's kind of what I got from it. That's a good that's a good point too. Is the it really you? That's a good way to put it. Is that it really kind of started to parallel, um, and even connect to like the nine the ninety seven ninety eight season to the Jordan career itself, right? Which is like the main yeah. arc they're trying to to show. Um, it was. You know, I, I, that was one thing that I was starting to get skeptical about when I first watched it was the constant back and forth jumping that they mm-hmm. were kind of doing. You know, because I was Same. like, like I don't mind it, I don't mind it too much, and I get it. But you know, it's tough when they jump. The last episode, I'll say they jumped a, like they started with Pippin, and I was like, okay, this is the Pippin episode, makes sense, right? And then they really mm-hmm. kind of left them out until like the tail end of that episode. It was like no, it's true. It was interesting, and, and um, and but they led into it being as if he's a factor in the next episode, though. So you know, that's, I forget that it's not like they got to tie it all loose ends. They have eight more to go, right? Right, and it's yeah, it's not just Jordan. Jordan was yeah, seventy percent of it. We'll say there's still you got to fill in the other thirty percent. So Absolutely, that makes sense. I know, I know. So. Awesome. The, we were we were talking about some different things that we were that um, we wanted to bring up about it, and so what were there was obviously a lot of things talked about Michael and you talk. I mean, you said you grew up with him a little bit, had a little bit of understanding with him, but obviously there are some big things that kind of dropped that so many people are like, oh my god, this I can't believe that that was that happened or that's how it went down. What were some things that you like totally learned that you learned last night or were shocked about or just caught you off guard? Yeah, I mean, so. You know, seven and eight, right? I I think what I found absolutely fascinating was 
Kraus and the management aspect, right? I mean, yeah. as a kid, I'm, I'm watching Michael Jordan. I'm watching him on the court, right? I mean, very little did I follow outside of the court what the management of Chicago was doing, what the city of Chicago was doing. I, I, I didn't follow that. I just, I loved watching Michael when he, you know, put on that two, three. So I, I found that whole management situation and what a cluster that Krauss character was I fascinating. I found it totally fascinating. Totally. It it was it was the most unique dynamic that I never I never expected to to have ever existed with that team. I mean it was it was it's it's about as good as you could have asked for in terms of a of a drama and entertainment perspective knowing that deep inside the greatest team to be playing is this like festering person, right? This dude that's just causing all kinds of commotion, whether it's his fault or not. And that's something that we can talk about too. Because like what so what we like what were your impressions of Strauss? Like obviously he you know, short, squat, fat dude, like does not he's not winning the ladies over, I would have to imagine. Um <laughs> no offense to to Mrs. Strauss if she exists, but you know, I think that uh yeah, I think that it, it definitely played a role in terms of his ability to obviously be made fun of by those guys who are just, you know, unbelievable athletes, prime specimens, things like that. But yeah, what was, what is your thoughts about Strauss just as a, in general? I'm very curious to know, what did you think is like as his character in this role? So, when he first came on the screen, right, they had him like running across the street looking like, looking like he was a, a guy straight out of RIT, right? He looked like he was an R. I, I was like, man, I, I feel for this guy, right? I mean, he's getting picked on by Jordan. Mm. You know, he's, he's a short little fat guy and, and, and the guys are just making fun of him. They're ripping on him. And I'm like, man, you know, I, I feel for this dude. Like, obviously he's a great mastermind, right? He put together amazing teams, put one six championships. Like this guy obviously knows basketball, but you know, I, I felt for him. And then as that episode went on, and you got, you know, some of his interviews, you heard some of his quotes and, you know, sitting Phil Jackson down after Phil Jackson just got $6 million. I don't care if you win 82 games this season, you're out. I, he was a, instantly a villain, instantly a villain. Yeah. Well, so do you think, do you think though that that was his decision or was that, was it Rumsfeld? What was that? What is their owner's name? I'm guy knew I was going to pronounce it wrong. Reinsfeld? Yeah. Yeah, you know me with names. I can't get. Uh, I'm lucky if I get my own name right. I'll Google it. I f- I totally forget. Um, but anyway, like cause, so, because that's something to consider too, right? Is that you know, I mean, the the Bills owner was there the whole time, and you know, he basically had total control over do this thing. If he didn't want Phil Jackson gone, then why didn't he say, dude, what are, you, what are you doing hanging around with this, like, young coach or whatever, dragging him around and stuff like that? Why are you saying out loud, Phil Jackson's got one more year? Like, if you wanted him to stay there, if you wanted Phil Jackson to be part of it, you as the owner would totally have control over that, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just wonder how much of that is totally a thing. And, yeah, dude, I, I, I would agree. That I, think, I think Strauss did not handle, did not handle things well whatsoever. Um, in no. terms of, it's it's so hard because I don't I don't think that he handled the situation well. In terms of like obviously the Phil Jackson deal where he basically said he's won and he's done. It was very obvious that he had like a vendetta against him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he wanted the notoriety. I mean, I mean you saw it, right? Yeah. When, 
when when they were giving out the trophy, you know, at the start of the season, he came out first. I think there was four people who clapped. For I know. Him. And it's something to, to to remember. It's, it's true. It's true. Like he, nobody wanted him. And and, and you know, yeah. one thing to remember too is that Michael was not drafted by him. He right. came the year after. You know what I mean? So he was not Michael's guy from day one. Sort of a deal. And so I don't know. I think they're. I th- overall, I thought to myself. There are clearly things as a general manager, Strauss did not do well, especially in terms of relationships, right? How to manage these relationships, how to handle them, how to navigate, um, and how to understand the business aspect. Now, that being said, devil's advocate, I actually uh-uh. think I, – I mean, uh, uh, it's I go back and forth in this a little bit, but – No, I, I love playing devil's advocate. You have, wanna... you have Scottie Pippen. Okay, on the end of the stupidest contract he ever he ever signed. Like, what the fuck was he thinking? Like, I don't know. What? Like, he signed what was it? Like a seven year contract, I think it was, or something seven like that. Seven year, eighteen million dollars. Unbelievable. And not only you had to know, you have to under you, like who was his agent? I'm sorry, I just like lose it. Who was his agent to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the NBA, it's a flat yeah. market. There's no way it's like salaries going to change in the next ten years. Like. What are you thinking? Now, that being said, I did go through and looked at his salary because I was like, man, I felt so bad for the dude, you know, just leading the Bulls for so – like doing so well for the Bulls for so yeah. long getting on them. Okay. Well, immediately after that, he then went to the Rockets and signed for an 11 million, 11 million a year contract. Not even. It was like – I think it's roughly like a $15 million a year four-year contract or something like that or five-year contract for the Rockets. He ended up getting traded to the, to the um, Portland Blazers, but – um, I don't remember him on the Rockets. I remember him on the Blazers. I thought he immediately yeah, Blazers. I never remember him yeah. going to Houston. His original contract was apparently with the Rockets. I don't know the exact terms, but he's making eleven million, fifteen, thirteen, eighteen, nineteen, the, all those years. And then he went back to the Bulls for five and five, five million, five million the last two. Um, so he got he he got his he got his and let's be honest like he got the endorsements that he you knew he was needing kind of a thing and, and a lot of those factors but but so back to what we were saying with Strauss so let's think about this you are you know that the team is shifting towards a direction where you're going to have to rebuild Michael mm-hmm. Jordan I'll be honest with you I think Michael was already kind of planning to retire no matter what anyway if all the boys were back and they cruised and they won he might have. Returned, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm obviously making a big statement mm-hmm. out there. Who knows? He was still very much, at, you know, playing well and doing, you know, at, at the, his peak of um, performance. But you know, I have a feeling that there's this air of anima- there's air of feeling that this was coming to an end anyway. The, the end was near. They were going to have to move some pieces. So you have Sc- you have Scotty Pippen towards the end. You would think of his career, right? Of his of his really high value career mm-hmm. on a three million a year con- three million dollar a year contract and you, you it's, it's a one year contract you only have him on contract for one more year and so if you trade him for a ton of assets that's a great trade for you for the longevity of your franchise as the bulls right like there are going to oh, be yeah. many teams out there who are going to love to take a three million dollar scotty pippen for a year right try to try to resign them or whatever there is they're going to do um and, and kind of go with that nature that you it would be stupid for you not to consider trading him right like you have to, mm-hmm. as a general manager, it would be a smart decision to at least evaluate all those options. Now, oh, absolutely. Did he handle it well? No, totally not. He sucked at it as far as the first part of his job. But and not only that, but like 
I mean, Michael, okay, so, I mean, Michael's the best. He's the greatest. He deserves all the accolades. He deserves all the money. But he also went from, like, a pretty, like, average contract to all of a sudden making $30 million a year in 96, 97. Wow. Like, $4 million to $30 million overnight. One, obviously, he learned how to negotiate. But also, like, what was the decision process in the Bulls for that? Like, right. Like okay, and, and, and these guys aren't young, right? Like like they're in their what? I, I just looked it up. Scottie Pippen was thirty three years old in nineteen ninety eight, and, and Jordan was getting up there too. I know that was his eleventh year in the season, so he would have been what like thirty three, thirty four, same thing. Yeah, kind of these aren't young too. bucks anymore, man. Not at that point. I, it's it's at the point where you have to, as a general manager, think about the business aspect of of the team now. One decision aspect of it, which is really what they went for, was load them all up for one year, make a make a shot at the title, right? Let's get yep. another one, and then after that, we'll have to really start from scratch. Strauss, I think, in my opinion, was trying to get a head start on that rebuild, and I think he was trying to think about himself. Well, the the longer five, six, seven, eight year, ten year rebuild won't be necessary if we can get higher asset asset value for some of our current players, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, in a business business sense, it makes total sense. That yeah. guy, when you put him in the spotlight, I think he loves the spotlight. Doesn't know how to handle the spotlight. Had diarrhea of the mouth. He. That's my guess. You in that situation, like you have to have somebody who just can accept. The inevitable truth that it is Michael Jordan's team, top to bottom. Like you have ability and flexibility, but you have to be able to bend to that whim, right? Um, yeah. And I'll say this though, I think it showed through that Michael it very much made sure that the world and the team revolved around him specifically. Like one of the comments he made to me was Scottie Pippen, right? When Scottie decided that he was gonna um, shop himself around for trades. Right, he said he's like oh, I'm shopping myself around. Screw you guys, I'm over it. Like I'm sure that sucked for the Bulls to hear. Like well, what the hell, man? Like we want you back on our team. You know it's got to suck. And and remember, yeah. Jordan commented, I thought that was really selfish of Scotty. Right, it was really mm-hmm. really selfish of him to do that. But man, mm-hmm. it's easy to say that when you just cashed in two thirty dollar thirty million dollar contracts back to back. And he's making three. Your best bud is making nothing with no kickback, right? Like, obviously, you know, and and they refused to restructure him, kind of. They refused to restructure him. Like, damn, I don't know. Sorry, a lot of thoughts, man. It's just crazy. I know. This is this is great. I mean, this is why we're doing this, right? Like yeah. cuz we we can go on and on all freaking day. Let's throw it on a podcast. Let's see what happens. Let's record it. If if anything we make our friends listen to this, right? But Oh, uh, we will. But um <laughs> but that I I I you just reminded me of something. Someone I've been wanting to ask you even if it was just in a text. What's your thoughts on someone signing a 7 million dollar or a 7 year contract and you look at him and you say, "Don't come back to me." Don't come back to me until your contract's up. Is that is that good business? What is that? I mean, obviously it worked out. <laughs> they had Scottie Pippen on three million dollars yeah. a year. You know, I I I found myself when I was wa- while watching the documentary, I found myself rooting for Pippen in the sense of thinking he deserved. Oh man, like come on, Jerry, like you know, pay pay respect for the team that, like, got you there. You know what I mean? Like, give them what they earn, right. restructure, like, make it work out kind of a thing. But, you know, so what I what I think of is I have a hard time really being certain about that is that, well, well, one, in terms of the contracts, is 
You know, I'm not sure if how the cap worked, if they had a cap, how any of that happened. Yeah, I think true. it was just, you know, y- y- what you made you had to spend or something like that, you know, and um, contracts mm. were kind of cheap. But, you know, it's so... It's so tough for me. One, I, I call bullshit on the owner and Strauss if they said this. If they actually told Pippin, this is a b- bad contract, I wouldn't sign it. I wouldn't sign this contract. Yeah, why the fuck did you make it then? Why the Come fuck? On. Why did you make that contract if you thought it was yeah. a bad one? Yeah. Like, come on. Get I mean, well, there, at, at one point, there was Pippin. He did say... I wasn't willing to bet on myself, right? Like my my family was broke, we didn't have money. You make three million dollars a year, that goes a long way in Arkansas. Oh, you know, huge, absolutely yeah. huge. And and you know, he he did explain it well, and he basically said, "Listen, I wanted to guarantee taking care of my family." So yep. I think in his eyes, he basically said, I th- "I'm sure he knew right away he was he made a mistake, right?" Year two, he probably said, "Fuck, I should have not signed." Because I think I read. I read somewhere, I forget who it was, I, I read it, it was like a tweet somewhere or something like that, that there was somebody else who made it, who um, signed a contract, it was like just a couple of years after that, um, and, or a two, like a year later, it was like a 12, 12-year, 12 $84 million contract, one, why are they signed any due to 12-year contract, I don't really know, oh, but then you go, you have a year yeah. later, two years later, you have $84 million as opposed to eighteen. You know what I mean? That's still he's making yeah. double the amount in that same amount of time. Just a couple years later, that you know, Scotty should have at least done like a four year. But you know, contracts and things were different then, very, yeah, very different. Were. And not only that, it was players today have so much more power in the NBA than they did then. Michael was the ultimate on, only one who actually had control. I mean, and look at his contract showed why, right? Yeah, um, exactly. So, man, do I think it was bad? Like. Was it bad form to, to you know, say stay away? Like you signed it, like see in seven years, kind of a thing. Um, I do. I just I go back and forth on. I they should have considered in terms of the team what would benefit the team long term. What's going to make this team happy, right? Um, now, could you have maybe told Michael Jordan, listen, Jordan, like regard, like we want to sign you to a three year deal. And then we'll pay you under the table for the next couple of years after that. Because I know people were doing that then, you know, at times. Mm-hmm. That would have mm-hmm. made more sense to me um, and kept him on the books longer uh, as opposed to him just eating up like $30 million and $33 million, like in t- two years kind of a thing. Because I think that that's a time when you could have said, listen, rather than put all that money towards Michael, spread it around just a couple of these guys, right? Let's... Michael wanted those guys there, and he wanted Jerry Stackhouse to pay him, but it sure as hell wasn't going to come out of his pocket or his contract, right? Right. And so that's the interesting thing oh, that I – everyone – you, you had to sacrifice for Michael, right? Yeah, you deserved you it. You deserve credit. You deserved it. He'll never deny credit. But, man, you did have to sacrifice to, to be a part of his legend. Yeah, sure. When you play with the greatest player in the league – you got to make sacrifices. I mean, we see that now with LeBron James, all the veter- veterans who have taken just you know, oh. shitty contracts just to just to play five minutes a game. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to you know bend a little bit to play with the best in the league. I I agree. You know, and yeah, yeah. I mean, well, so so did you ever have you ever entered the debate of the LeBron versus Michael realm? 
Or ever have I you? Have, have you ever? Oh, have you just stole stayed on one side of the fence for a long time? Have you ever wavered? I have wavered, and I have eased up a little bit. Right? I think when LeBron James, I, I have a lot of issues with LeBron. So I'll, I'll give you the the real quick, right? Because we're already kind of <laughs> dragging on here. Yeah, we'll wrap but it when up. LeBron, yeah, when LeBron James came into the league. In high school, they were comparing him to Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan had already done the things that he did. So I had a huge problem with that, right? LeBron has then since worked his way to that. Do I still think he's better than him? No. Has he made some really bonehead decisions throughout his career? Absolutely. But I think as a player, I have respected LeBron. I put him in that category with Michael now. But if you would ask me this question five, six years ago, man, it was a lot more of a heated argument right i i have wavered a little bit i i tip my cap to lebron and the player that he is it's 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 crazy too and i think that you know we're obviously in an interesting generation for that because and and i think this is totally a a uh a symptom of general generation experiences right like we saw some of michael but we really didn't live the true michael jordan legend Um, we live the LeBron James legend, you know, kind of a thing. Like I think about this to my, like when we think about eras and you think about one player during an era, right? There's obviously phenomenal players that played with Michael Jordan, unbelievable players that played with Michael Jordan, but it is the Michael Jordan era, right? He sits Mm -hmm. top of the throne of that era. And I think that I believe LeBron James sits above this era too, right? Like, I don't think people are going to remember this as the Kevin Durant era or the Steve, Steph Curry era. No, I don't know. But I I think LeBron's got a shot. He's big, but he's big. But here's the thing is that I think LeBron is still has something. There's there's a slight more edge to him, right? Just like there's totally a slight edge to Michael Jordan. So I was definitely someone who... Loved LeBron. Didn't really, I would say, kind of defended him maybe because I thought, dude's a physical beast. I mean, look at, like, he's a fucking tank. Play, like people always say, play tight in the NFL, right? And I always kind of thought to myself, like, man, Michael is big, but could he take that LeBron? And, man, I just don't, I, I think that, anyway, has has always kind of come down to it. After watching two episodes of this 10-episode documentary, it's Michael, man. There's no debate. And I feel like an idiot to ever saying that it could have been it could have been LeBron, and that's no disrespect to LeBron. LeBron's no, one no, of the greatest. I, I get it. We're lucky that we get to watch him play, but man, Michael was he wanted to destroy you, and he Killer instinct. just wanted to destroy you. And it, I just I I love that in a competitor. And see, honestly, I can't wait. So we'll wrap things up, man. Tell me what do you want to see. You know, the next couple episodes, next two episodes, what is what is the big thing that you're like, this is what I want. I'm, I'm excited for, I can't wait, I want to hear about this, or maybe even just for the rest of the, the doc. So, uh, one thing that I found myself asking uh, yesterday during the, the, the episode is, like, you are seeing individual guys relive certain memories and, you know, their relationship with each other at that time. I'm really curious as to what bridges were burned like, do, do Scotty and Michael even talk still, right? Because at, at one point you were, you had Michael saying, that's where he went wrong. That's where, where his mistake was. Yeah. I don't I don't feel a lot of love between him and, and Scotty anymore, right? These two were inseparable. Do you, do you know what their relationship is like now? You know, 
I, you know, I kind of remember like watching some kind of a podcast. I know it was Rod, Rodman and Michael don't ever really talk at all. I know they don't talk at all, which I mean, I don't think yeah, Rodman talks to anyone I mean, anymore. Rodman talks to like fucking aliens or something like that now. I don't really know. But like, so, but, but I think you know, it was interesting because you're totally right. They said, they made a comment where they were like, he was like, he was my brother. He, if they shouldn't mention Michael Jordan without mentioning Scottie Pippen, right? But you don't feel that, that appreciation and respect today how come they're not together a lot and how come they're not friends like, i would not call them friends i think you're right i would not call like i would not say they're like best buds yeah so i i mean i guess that's probably all going to be the conclusion toward yeah. you know episode 10 right this is what happened when they won their championship this is they they talk anymore but i'm really excited just seeing like these guys you know being on a sports team you you really are your brothers you're on the court you're fighting you're in battle and you can sense a lot of tension when these guys talk. Like Phil Jackson said about Jerry, he said that bridge could never be mended. We would, you know, we, we were never going to be friends. Man, what a statement! I know, dude. That's deep, right? It's it's he it's huge. And uh, there there were like so many quotes and statements from this episode that I was like, legend, legendary, right? Like yeah. legendary quotes. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I mean, and so how about how about you, buddy? What, I, are, you, what are you looking I, forward to? You know, I think especially at least in the next episode, I'm really I'm I'm really excited and curious about that. You know, we often forget that first six years of Jordan's career, like you know, he didn't do anything but get the shit kicked out of him in the playoffs, right? Now, mm-hmm. okay, so and let me rephrase that. He got the shit kicked out of him. I should not say that. He was a very dominant player, proved his point, won scoring titles. You know, it was awesome. His team got the shit kicked out of him um, in you know the the playoffs and stuff. So I'm really excited to see what the turning point becomes when Phil Jackson gets there. Right? What is it about? Phil Jackson, who, as a Knicks fan, literally haunts me as a false prophet, right? <laughs> the Zen master, The Zen buddy. master, smoking his Kujimama, whatever, you know, ganja weed, okay, out in, you know, Wonka Tonk in um, Montana, whatever. How does that dude make the difference in turning that ensemble into the greatest teams that we've ever seen? That's what I'm excited yeah. about. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, because he did it in Chicago, and then he went out and did it in L.A. Oh, my God. Man. What a fucking legend, though. Like, right? Yeah, he had Michael. He had Kobe. He had Shaq. He had Bill Cartwright. I mean, he had players that could play ball, man. I, you're, you're, It's amazing what he went. Actually, that makes me think real quick with Kobe. Do you think they have edited it in any way to kind of do some type of a, like, appreciation for the fact that he is deceased now and as part of this documentary or do you think they just like left it the way he did it i think they're going i i don't think they after he died you know and passed away i don't think that they added something else extra in yeah. what i thought of last night was was kobe bryant ever interviewed he was. I, I think. I think that there's for for this or for yeah for yeah, this yeah. So if you go, if you go back to the original, um, like uh, hype video that they we all got like sucked in by, they do quick mm-hmm. flashes, and I saw, you know, a very brief moment where they do they have Kobe sit down on a couch, and he's like, "All right, let's do this," and uh, um, specifically talking see, about his relationship with Michael with Michael. 
That just gave me goosebumps. I, I shit you not, man. That is that to me. I'm emotional. So yeah, if they already did it, I don't think they're going to do anything extra. I but wouldn't. that's going to be intense when it, he shows up on the screen. It's it's going to be awesome. It, it's going to be very emotional, and I mean, I, it's it's going to be must see TV. Like, it's incredible, man. Well. First podcast on. I can't wait for our four or five friends to actually listen to it. Um, we appreciate if, you guys. If, if they get the, if they get this far, if you make it this far, I'm happy. If you don't, I'm gonna ask you if you made it this far, and you better be able to tell me you heard this. If you made it this far and you're hearing these comments, I will maybe, probably not, pay for your next poker night Venmo club. We'll see what happens. Ooh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if they get this far, but probably not. All right, Trizzy, Dude. appreciate you talking. We're definitely going to have to do this again. I had a great time. Dude, it's totally awesome. Love shooting the shit. Next time, too, we'll have a little more. Um, we you know, we just had so much to talk about tonight that it's we would go on for another few hours if we talked about the NFL oh, draft. I, I, I could keep going, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, <laughs> But we'll definitely, next next time we do this, maybe next week or something, we'll have to, uh, we'll definitely talk about the NFL draft. See. Uh, um, okay. But uh, maybe we can do it this weekend or something like that. We'll figure out when a good time is for sure. I don't mind doing a couple of weeks. All right. Yeah. All right. All right, my I'm man. In, man. Thanks for listening. Right, buddy. Signing off. Appreciate it. Every Day and TJ Buckets. Stop here, go. Did Dempsey stop?